0: This is Art from Art of Shock, and you're listening to the Brutally Delicious podcast.
1: Yes, here I hey, am, you
2: know. Art, and that's my partner Chris, and I'm Bruce. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you guys. How you doing, man? Good, and you? Pretty fantastic. You said you're out in LA. What's the uh, what's the Hollywood COVID scene like?
0: Pretty bad, dude. It's pretty bad. Is it? Other people don't care, you know? And uh, it's just going to get worse, you know, for everybody. It's a bad situation.
2: What's it like being a musician and trying to uh, survive in, in the climate like that? Well, we have nothing to do. The good news is that we can uh, sit down and write songs, you
0: know, and work on ideas that uh, we didn't have to, time to work on before, which is why I'm doing and Many people, many of my friends are doing that because we have nothing else to do.
2: That's what we've heard. A lot of people are taking advantage of it. But are you guys lucky enough to be all in the same area? Oh yeah. Um actually the band but most of the band we live
3: together. Oh it's yeah, great. It's like a frat house. <laughs> <laughs> oh nice. Man, so what's, I did what's that the- I did that when I was uh eighteen. I moved in with a band and it was insane. The parties yeah. and the jamming. And the police showing up because of the noise. It was, it was something to do.
0: At <laughs> least we don't have that problem, dude. Like we, We've never had the police over. Really? So we're, oh, man. You know, we're very loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was the most epic party that you've had? At my house. At your house. house. Oh Well, it was uh, my birthday. It was also the Finnish midsummer party. And all my Finnish friends came over. You can just imagine, right?
1: <laughs> I can't fucking finish, dude.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, she, so yeah.
1: She's in Finland as we speak. Yeah.
2: Well, amazing.
1: <laughs> well, you know what happens. I do. I completely do. I didn't know you had like a connection to Finland.
2: Okay. So we don't know what happens if you want to enlighten us. No, you know, like some stuff like you can probably talk about. <laughs> <laughs> ah!
3: Oh, you can talk about it on this podcast. Oh, yeah. You should have seen where we've been today. We've been
2: everywhere. Earlier.
0: You know, a lot of drinking and fighting and uh, and public sex and fucking people shitting their pants and uh, <laughs>
2: yes, all the good stuff. <laughs> so, are you Finnish as well?
0: No, I'm not, but I have a, a lot woman? of Finnish friends. So
2: yeah, because Rina was trying to tell us about the uh, early about public saunas and the uh,
1: the yeah. culture all around that. Yeah, the mixed sauna, and like we were starting another interview, and the guy comes in. Well, I can't remember if it was Chris or Bruce saying, like, is it very erotic? Sexual. <laughs> 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 very sexual. I'm sorry, this comes in with that comment, <laughs> you know, not knowing at all what we're talking about. But no, boners are kind of frowned upon, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> <your> body. But <laughs> it's not about sex, the mixed sauna. It's actually a very desexualized situation. But I'm or sure
2: should. that that happens, right? Because you're going to get somebody like me that all of a sudden is going to go
1: boing- well you know if you've even like attempted sex in a sauna one time you know that it's not a good idea like you know all you get is like a migraine and some bruises on your knees and (laughs) oh how you doing (laughs) (laughs) sorry
2: art (laughs) art is ready to hang up if he hasn't already hung up
0: Okay. <laughs> no, but I agree, like uh, with all my friends told me, like uh, it's a very different culture, you know, like they are not ashamed of nakedness, you know. They don't give a shit actually. Which is great.
1: Yeah. I'm naked as we speak, and this is not even a
3: lie. <laughs> 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 Jesus. Okay. Anyway. okay. So shall so, we get back to the to
1: the band? The artist <laughs> <shopping>. <laughs>
3: Chris? Yeah. Uh, but, no, what yeah. we need is we we need the two-sentence boardroom pitch for people who aren't familiar with your band.
2: Well, we
0: played Dirty Metal.
3: <laughs> that's it. Hey.
2: That's all you need to say. Dirty Metal is the best. Yeah. I agree. So I know lots of people like the fully polished kind of stuff, and I've always been a fan of the – we just talked to a, an 80s kind of phenomenon – and I like that whole sleazy, dirty kind of thing. I like it a lot.
0: Exciting that comes from our heroes, even from uh, from muddy waters. You know?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I hundred percent agree.
0: Has, they're rough around the
2: ages, right? Like it's like
0: um, it's a different feeling for me.
2: So I think Chris will probably disagree with me on this, but I think that sometimes a lot of stuff is overproduced and overthought out nowadays. Instead of jumping in and playing, does that make sense? Yeah, but uh, I mean, some stuff is great. You know, some stuff like that.
0: Uh, we couldn't have pulled that off in the past, you know? Right. Any production techniques, like, I mean, there's some great material out there. Oh, the- yeah, 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 yeah. There's no other way to produce it, right? Right. But uh, at the same time, you know, I prefer the old school rock
3: well, yeah. and roll. Absolutely. Guitar. So are you guys, when you record, are you, like, taking your guitar, going chord by chord, making sure they're all in tune, and then double track? We-
0: Think a lot about tuning for sure. Um, our producer Mark Lewis, and you know he's obsessed with tuning. Yeah, I and mean, I have very good ears, so like we we made a great team. He doesn't nice. want anything out of tune, which I disagree. Sometimes you know I disagree with. Like it, it's all about the performance. If it rings a little bit, you know, wrong, like it doesn't matter. You still have the feeling there, what, but he won't let anything go. You know. Like,
3: oh yeah, yeah. No, I've worked on records um, with. Producers where we literally the guitar player would hold the chord and strum the strings and we would tune the strings and we would cut those chords into the song and then we move to the next chord, we'd tune that chord with like the producer would turn the tuning pegs, Mm -hmm. then we'd go through the song and cut that chord, and we just work through the song that way, and then we would do a double pass of transitions. So it didn't sound unnatural. And it was a fucking painful process. It's kind of the Mutt Lang uh,
0: system, right? With Def Leppard and and his bands. He used to do that. And also lots of German bands, like the Scorpions, right? Used to record like that.
3: Yeah. I heard horror
0: horror stories about making a chord, like four guitars, everybody playing a single note. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Really? We
3: we didn't do that. But man, we we cut chord by chord all. It was a regular thing. Doing oh a song God. doing a song to get it perfectly in tune that way and perfectly in time that way it took like each song was like a day and a half just to get rhythms done
2: yeah it's yeah
3: it's intense right yeah it's it, it's it burns your fucking brain i've seen I, i've seen I've, seen I've seen yeah. bands lose their fucking mind over it because they just yeah. can't take it the monotony it's no fun right you, you're yeah. used to you know to feel it yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, this is the most boring thing i ever done in my life.
3: <laughs> yeah. What's, what, what are your thoughts, then, on the Evertune bridge? Um, I
0: used it once. It's not terrible, especially in those situations and with those producers that are really, really anal about it. Yeah. Can you Evertune, when you have one of those ringing chords?
3: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, Instead sorry. One, one chord, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll stop the tech talk, Bruce. I'll let you go. No, oh, I know Rita. you're getting nerdy. Rita, go ahead.
1: No, no, I was just thinking, like, okay, that's going to burn through your brain, but for sure it's going to burn through your budget as well, though, isn't it? Like, I don't know about you guys, but at least for my band, it's not like we have the opportunity to just use endless and an endless amount of studio days. <laughs> There's a fucking budget and you need to stay within it. So I don't know if that's like the best way to achieve. <laughs> The best you can with a x amount of money
3: oh the the records I'm talking about though they were major label record records for universal right. so, yeah, yeah yeah so you know it's, it's different when you know you have a producer that the, just the producer's fee is seventy five thousand yeah. dollars So
1: art would you say to you that whether, whether like you know this sort of technical accuracy or whether like uh, the feeling of it is more important in your music? I think you need a balance of both
0: you need to know what you're doing for sure but you also have to perform which i think is the most important thing um actually even in super technical music you know the performance is the most important part so you need both you need your um your technical chops really tight and really honed down and also you need to feel it right and create something some atmosphere something special
1: yeah
2: do you find it difficult translating if it gets so technical in the studio, translating that into the live setting? Oh, yeah.
1: oh <laughs> <Hell> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is what I was thinking. Or like, yeah, it's important to, you know, perform and so on. But when when I think about the most, like, you know, technical bands that I've gone and seen, definitely it's not like it's a party on stage. No, no, no. They're just, like, you know, concentrated on delivering those complex Collections of notes, in in the way that they were recorded on the album.
0: You know, yeah, it's fucking torture for them. You know, like for many people, like even for me, with some riffs. You know, every once in a while, you're gonna create a riff. Um, you know, in the studio, sing over it, and then when you get to practice, they're like, "What the fuck did I do?"
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I guess it's the same with. You can you can write this kickass solo, and then you can just like you know chop it up like you were talking about in the studio. They like can do this bit and do that bit, and then just sew it all together. But then the live show comes, and you're supposed to do that then, and boom, what are you gonna do?
0: Especially like uh, playing
1: and singing. Yeah,
0: there's some some stuff that's very counterpointy, right?
3: Oh my god, right. like,
0: Sh- shit! What have
3: I done? <laughs> <laughs> it's where this side of your brain and this side of your brain are closing each other.
1: <laughs> well if you if you do fuck up on stage, how do you handle it
3: well you you have to ignore it if you start thinking about it,
0: you're gonna fuck everything else
1: yeah, absolutely yeah it does it is it like a, do you ha- consciously have to push it out of your head or or it just come naturally like everybody fucks up, I don't care and move on I the beginning is um, um a conscious act, but then
0: you get used to it, you know you just ignore, right. it. Fuck yeah. up. You just ignore it you fuck up so much, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe <laughs> no, <you
1: didn't>
0: know. <laughs> It doesn't matter as, as long as the show is good As the performance is good Exactly,
1: yeah, yeah And This is exactly what I meant with the whole Is it more important to sort of Get the technical bits right Or can you just like override that With the energy and the emotion Yeah, I mean, you cannot play like shit It's what I was saying there has, to be a, there has
0: to be a balance, right, between the two
1: Right, true, true, true So are you missing... A lot what are you missing the stage a lot or are, are you guys been, yeah. having, been able to play
0: Been trying to get over that now depression, you know. Yeah, mostly by, by writing and creating new stuff Right. Are you doing any
2: live streaming stuff or anything like that?
0: Not yet But yeah, we're planning some oh, uh, We have some surprises for the future Have you been watching any any live streams? Actually, no not really? a I have been like uh, playing a lot. I don't watch uh,
2: any shows, you know. I don't serve the internet often. Really? That's good. That's a good thing, I think, because uh, I'd be more productive if I didn't do that as well. Amen. Yeah. And I'm but not I got even a to, religious guy, right? But <laughs> I got freaking Chris sending Chris sending me all kinds of conspiracy theory shit, and then oh, I'm down yeah. a rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> <That> <laughs> then I'm down working. a rabbit hole, and everything I was doing is gone.
3: My my conspiracy yeah. theory is here's me opening a beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I was wondering, is that a beer bong behind you just above that symbol? No. Oh that's a, uh, an Ironman mask. Ah, I see. I was beer like beer bong. <laughs> have you never heard of a beer bong? Yeah, I have. I'm just curious how you like thought you picked one out in his studio there. I'm from Canada. Nice. (laughs) We look for them everywhere.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, what do you guys have planned? Are you rebooking that? I know you're supposed to be out with Sepple Tour, right? Yeah. Are you rebooking? I had a friend, a good friend of mine, and Chris's was supposed to be the tour manager on that. Rory Romano. Oh,
3: Rory was Uh, on
2: that tour. Yeah, he was the TM on that, and then it all got bagged. So, is that rebooking? Yeah, actually, uh, as far as I know, it
0: has been rescheduled for uh, next March.
2: That's a that that was yeah that was a big gig right that's a great to go with them. yeah It'd be great to go out with Sepultura. that's a classic yeah. act
0: yeah we were super bummed you know when all this yeah. all of this shit happened literally the week when the lockdown started
2: yeah yeah that, that got canceled really quickly didn't it yeah yeah the I remember first- that <laughs> bye bye dude yeah I remember like I'm friends with Rory like I said and he was like shit I don't know what I'm gonna do now my whole he had it all planned out and you know ready to roll being the tm and it got all screwed up the same thing with the album you know it was supposed to um to drop uh a week into the
0: tour so yeah we got over really hard oh that's God, that, that
2: sucks. sucks not having the tour to back up the record mm-hmm.
0: but, but you know like with underground metal bands that's your only uh, marketing tool basically Yeah. wow yeah yeah so
1: much it's fucked up oh do you have like any Digital plan B's to sort of try and at least make up for the lost marketing. Oh for sure. I was um, That's
0: what I was saying. We have a, a, a few ideas that We're developing right now, you know, it's also expensive Absolutely. Yeah, you have to have a very good idea and you have to, um, you know, fit into a budget And which is right. the hard part, right? You know, you can have all the crazy ideas in the world um, I heard somebody told me about the behemoth um, Livestream, right?
2: Oh my but, god, that was fantastic. fantastic and horses and uh, dude. yeah yeah,
1: apparently they said that they spent more money on that stream than they did on the album.
2: Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I guess no has seen it. It is absolutely, if you get a chance, it's unbelievable. It's like a movie. I mean, it's seriously like a Hollywood movie. It's great.
1: I love Every- it when both ambition levels are fucking high. It's amazing. Yeah, you know?
2: everything. I think everything, what's his name? Nurgle or Nurgle, or however you pronounce it. <laughs> I think pretty much everything he does is uh, super top notch. Yeah, it's but, he's got, but he's got the money behind him, so. Right. But anyway, I don't have anything else. Chris, where are you at?
3: I, I don't have anything else either. I really appreciate you taking the time and chatting with us today. I uh, agree. Oh, I do have one other thing. Where can people go find your band? Well, we're uh, all over. Um, all the social media, all the uh,
0: you know Spotify, and Apple Music, and, like literally everywhere.
3: What's your webid- What's your website address? Artofshock.com. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah, nobody goes there anyways. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> yeah, can, can yeah. they buy merch there? Oh, yeah, for sure. So go buy a merch or go buy yeah. a t shirt or something. That com. will help a little bit, yeah.
2: Pretty much anything. Just support music. And if you want to see it come back, I think that's going to be really important.
0: Absolutely. Just listen to it on Spotify. You know, that helps. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, because, yeah. like, yeah, it's got, like when you said listen to it on Spotify, it helps. It does because it's funny, like, you know, how it doesn't often like translate into streams like your good reviews or your even your Facebook following. We were just interviewing uh, a band that I won't name uh, that had like I don't know 20, 25,000 people following them on Facebook, and then they had like two hundred monthly listeners on Spotify. So definitely go listen to those tracks on Spotify. It does help, and put them on your playlists and spin them over and over and over again. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: Awesome. Thank you for taking the time, man. Sorry about the bumbling in the beginning. That was all Chris's fault. Always. Yeah, but I appreciate it. And good luck with uh, the record and stay safe. And hopefully we'll catch you soon. All right, guys. Thank you. Be well, my friend.
3: See you later. Later. All right. Bye. Uh